So, it's a bloody one tonight. Um, this used to be one of my favorite stories when I was a kid. <laughs> Who do you think it is? No, that was my favorite story when I was a kid. Ethan. Yeah. No, we're not at the time of the judges. I said one. So, remember that God had told Elijah. Remember when Elijah ran away and he was all like, no one believes in the Lord and everything's really awful because of Jezebel and Ahab and the Baals. And then God was like, all right, Ahab, look. One, you're not the only one left. There are still 7,000 people who believe in me. Two, I'm going to have you go anoint Elisha. Okay, Elijah, not Ahab. Two, I'm going to have you go and anoint Elisha to be the prophet after you. So by doing that, God's saying, I'm going to continue to preach my word. I'm not going to allow evil to win because I'm going to first send another prophet to preach like I sent you. Second, you're going to anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. Well, we heard about that last time. Third, I actually might get those switched around, whatever. That's the way it happened chronologically. I don't remember the way it happened in terms of how God said he would anoint them, but this is the way it happened chronologically. Third, you're going to anoint Jehu to be king over Israel. And now that time has come. So Elisha called one of the sons of the prophets and said, go and take this flask of oil in your hand and go and find Jehu. And when you go to him, call him and tell him that you are going to anoint him to be king over Israel. And then, as soon as you do, run away and don't hang around. So the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead and he came in and there were commanders of the army were there because Jehu was one of like the generals in the king's army. And he said, I have a word for you, O commander. And Jehu said, to which of all of us? And he said, to you, Jehu. So he arose and went into the house to talk to the young man. And the young man poured the oil on his head and said, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anoint you king over the people of the Lord over Israel, and you shall strike down the house of Ahab, your master, so that I may avenge on Jezebel the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish, and I will cut off from Ahab every male, bond or free in Israel. And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahijah, and the dogs shall eat Jezebel in the territory of Jezreel, and none shall bury her. So when the prophet said this, he opened the door and ran away. So why do you think Elisha told him, after you tell him this, you should run away? What do you think, Samara? Does it sound like things are about to get serious? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that the prophet wants to hang around for that? No. So when Jehu heard this, he came back into the group of the other generals, and they were all like, is all well? Why'd this mad fellow come to you? And he said, ah, you know this guy and how he talks. And they said, that's not true. Tell us what he said. And he said, well, thus and so he spoke to me saying, the Lord said, I'll anoint you to be king over Israel. So as soon as they heard that, all of the men took their garments, put them under them on the bare steps, probably to like bow down or maybe as like a carpet before him kind of thing. And they blew the trumpet and said, Jehu is king. So like they heard that one thing immediately all of them are ready to say, oh yeah, okay, Jehu, you're going to be king. Why do you think that they did that? Because they know that Jehu was going to be Well, that's probably part of it. How do they know that Jehu was going to be king? Because the Lord anointed him to be king. But that's probably the bigger one. Joram, who is the son of Ahab and is the king, stinks just like Ahab did. And they're awful. 
And I guarantee the people didn't like him very much. Now, some of these generals might have been believers, but the chances are that most of them were not because most of the people of Israel in the Northern Kingdom at this time were not believers. And the reason they weren't believers is because of Ahab and Jezebel and Joram and all their wickedness. So anyway, it's probably got more to do with that, that they really didn't like Joram. But they also knew that the Lord was a God. They didn't trust only in him sometimes, but they knew that he existed. Yeah, probably. So they said Jehu is king. And then Jehu conspired against Joram, who was the king before that. So Joram at that time and all Israel had been at Ramoth Gilead preparing for like a battle against Haziel, the king of Syria. But Joram had to leave the battlefield to go and be healed of his wounds that he had gotten in the battle. So Jehu told the people who were there with him, if this is your decision that you want me to be king, then make sure that nobody leaves this city of Jezreel to go and tell Joram. So Jehu got on his chariot and went to Jezreel. That's where Joram was. And Ahaziah, the king of Judah, was also there with Joram. Now, remember how we talked about how Jehoshaphat, who is Ahaziah's father, was a good king who trusted in the Lord, but sometimes he did a dumb thing. What was the dumb thing that he did? He did the same dumb thing two times at least. And the second time it was a lot dumber because he had been warned about it. What was the dumb thing? He w- what was it, Samara? He fighted with his enemy. Well, he would fight alongside of Ahab, yeah, who was his enemy because he was an enemy of the Lord. And God was saying, you shouldn't go, God told him, you shouldn't go and fight with him. He's, he's my enemy. But Joshua will always say, oh, you're my brother. And then he married one of his sons to one of Ahab's daughters, which was the worst thing. And we'll hear more about how bad that was eventually. Well, what this means is that Ahaziah, king of Judah, son of Joshua, and Joram, king of Israel, son of Ahab, are kind of related. And so they're doing this even more. They're going to fight together. And remember, Ahaziah was also wicked. And part of the reason he was <laughs> wicked is because of this connection between uh, the house of Ahab and the house of Jehoshaphat and all of the wickedness and unbelief of the house of Ahab. So they're hanging out together, and Ahaziah was there with Joram, and it's going to be really bad news for Ahaziah that he was hanging out with Joram. So the watchman who was standing on the tower in Jezreel saw the company of Jehu as he came. He said, I see a group of people. And Joram said, well, why don't you ride out there with a horse and, and see what's going on and say, do you come in peace? So he got on his horse and he went and the, he said, thus says the king, do you come in peace? And Jehu said, what do you have to do with peace? Ride behind me. And the watchman who came out there said, okay. And he read, rode behind Jehu. So the watchman who was on the wall said to the king, well, the rider went out there, but now he's riding behind this guy in this company. So he said, we'll send another horseman to go out there and ask the same question. Do you come in peace? And he came out there and Jehu said, what do you have to do with peace? Turn around and ride behind me. And so pretty clearly what he's saying is I do not come in peace and you should be on my side. And they're all agreeing. So you see that more and more people are clearly not like super loyal to Joram. So the watchman said the same thing happened again. And the driving of the person driving the chariot is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he drives furiously. So apparently he had a very distinctive, furious style of driving his chariot. So Joram said, get ready. And they made ready his chariot. This was kind of a dumb move. So Joram, king of Israel, and Ahaziah, king of Judah, went out, each in their own chariot, to meet Jehu. And they met him at the property of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Do you remember what happened with Naboth? Naboth's vineyard? I was going to say, didn't he 
What happened with Naboth, with King Ahab? He took the vineyard. Yeah, King Ahab stole Naboth's vineyard by lying about him and murdering him. Okay? So this is not a coincidence that this happens here. So they come out to the, they meet him by the property of Naboth. And when Joram saw Jehu, he said, do you come in peace, Jehu? And he said, what peace can there be so long as the whorings and the sorceries of your mother Jezebel are so many? So then Joram turned around and started trying to run away, saying to Ahaziah, treachery, O Ahaziah. And Jehu drew his bow and shot Joram between the shoulders so that the arrow pierced his heart and threw him into the chariot. God sent Jehu to kill Joram. That's what God wanted Jehu to do. Because Joram was wicked, and his mother was wicked, and his father was wicked, and God wanted to put an end to it. God brings judgment eventually against such wickedness. So then Jehu said to his aide, Bidkar, take him up and throw him on the plot of ground belonging to Naboth, the Jezreelite. For do you remember when you and I rode side by side behind Ahab, Joram's father, how the Lord proclaimed against him, as surely as I saw yesterday the blood of Naboth and of his sons, so I will repay you on this plot of ground. So take him up and throw him on that plot of, plot of ground in accordance with the word of the Lord. So Jehu remembered what God had prophesied. Well, when Ahaziah saw this, he tried to run away too, and Jehu pursued him and shot him also. And then his servants came from Jerusalem and came back and buried him in the city of David. Then Jehu came to Jezreel, and Jezebel heard about it. And she painted her eyes and adorned her head and looked out the window. I don't know if she thinks she's going to, like, flutter her old eyelashes and, like, like get Jehu to leave her alone or something. I'm not sure what her purpose in that is. But as Jehu entered the gate, she said, Is it peace, you Zimri, murderer of your master? So she already knows that he has killed Joram. And Zimri was another one of the kings of Israel that had killed his master before. And he lifted up, lifted up his face and said, Who is on my side? And two or three of the servants who worked there with her looked out at him and he said, Throw her down. So they threw her down. And some of her blood spattered on the wall and on the horses and they trampled on her. And then he went in and they ate and drank. And he said, See now to this cursed woman and bury her. But when they went to bury her, there was no more of her left than their skull and feet and palms of her hands. And when they came back, they told him and he said, That was the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. When he said that in the territory of Jezreel, the dogs will eat the flesh of Jezebel and the corpse of Jezebel shall be as dung on the face of the field in the territory of Jezreel so that no one will be able to say, this is Jezebel. So that's as far as we're going tonight. That's not even all of the, we're going to hear more of the bloody things that Jehu did. And in a way it's pretty terrible, but it's what God sent Jehu to do because of the wickedness of the house of Ahab and of Jezebel. And you can tell that their wickedness has also made the people not, you know, trust in them as king and they don't really love them and they don't really mind that Jehu is coming to destroy them. But Jehu also isn't going to be a good king. He's good at bringing vengeance, but he isn't good at being a king because he doesn't actually trust in the Lord. He knows some of the things the Lord has said and he likes bringing vengeance for the Lord, but that's not the same thing. Jehu's kind of like the law all by itself. He brings vengeance and he brings justice, but he doesn't have the trust in the forgiveness of sins in Jesus or the grace and compassion that comes with that. And 
So all the law can do is destroy and condemn, and sometimes that's very necessary. And it's a warning about unbelief and about wickedness and not trusting in the Lord, like, like was the case with Ahab and Jezebel. But the better news is that Jesus destroyed death and hell and sin far more completely than Jehu destroyed the house of Ahab. He did it by dying and rising.